0: With all of the hats you wear as an agent, you should expect to turn every client into multiple deals, right? I mean, think about this. It's pretty impressive. On a daily basis, you might be a psychologist. It's okay. Take a deep breath. A manager. Negotiator. You're going to have to come up higher. Financial advisor. Stager. Yep, you can set it down over there. Organizer. Or security. Disarmed. Ready to arm. Shoot, I've even served as a babysitter for a client or two. But how about a teacher? This is the hat that our guest this week says can help you turn every client into five deals. And she's going to tell you how right now. This is The Walkthrough. Hey there, I'm Lisa Johnson-Smith. Welcome to The Walkthrough. This is a weekly show. New episodes come out every Monday. This is the show where you learn what's working right now from the best real estate agents and industry experts in the country. At Homelight, we believe in real estate agents. We're here to explore how great agents grow their business, stand out from the crowd, and become irreplaceable. This week, I'm talking to Lauren Rosen. She is the owner and founder of The Rosen Team out of Scottsdale, Arizona and San Diego, California. She's been in real estate for 20 years and she has a vast knowledge of the real estate world with a master's in real estate development, but also she's hands-on as a long-time investor herself. Three times, she's led her team to be named Team of the Year. And last year, she did 140 million in sales value. Well, on today's episode, you'll hear how you can turn every client into five deals. You'll hear us talk about the financial review you need to do with your clients, how you can teach your clients to become investors, how to get three to five solid leads from a listing done right, why you should be open to walking away from a $3 million listing, and also the role play script that you can use for clients concerned with high interest rates. Here's my conversation with Lauren Rosen, Real estate's an amazing tool for a lot of people to build
1: generational wealth. And so if you can learn to do it for yourself and teach your clients, then you start creating clients for life versus just you know one transaction, your door opener. And so what I really do is I really try to educate my clients on, especially first-time homebuyers, right? Like this is your first home. Congratulations. Make one extra payment a year on that principle, um, but you know the goal is basically
0: referrals, and you teach people how to build their wealth in real estate, and they're going to keep coming back. So you're saying that, despite your background, anybody can do this. Absolutely. All right, all right. Well, let's get to the good stuff. Break it down for us. What is the first step in being able to turn every client into five days deals? Is there one way that you follow each time? Is there a certain a certain process? Can you walk us through it?
1: So what I like to do with me with any client is really meet with them and like have almost a financial review. Like what does their life look like? How much money could they actually afford to save every month? So you're always going to start off with their first home. You know, it's their first home. You can maybe get a grant for them from different banks. Sometimes there's first time home buyer grants, but you teach them buy your first home and you're going to live in this home for about two years. How much money could you save a month? You know, so maybe they say they can save a thousand dollars a month for the next house. So you tell them, okay, you're going to save thousand dollars a month, and in two years, maybe three years, you know, you design it for them and the neighbor, you know, the prices in the areas that you're selling. Okay, in three years, you're going to have thirty-six thousand dollars saved up. That's enough for another down payment. So the house you live in, let's turn that into a rental property, and now let's get you to go buy another primary. And you're going to live in that for two to three years. And you're going to save $1,000 a month again. And the trick with saving money is to put it in a separate bank account. It's not to have let it be in your normal bank account. And it only can be used for like investments, buying another home, right? Like you make a rule with yourself. Um, And so that's the goal. And so if you can teach, say, a teacher who can probably save about $500 a month. So you tell them, buy this house. And for four years, let's save $500 a month. And in four years, let's buy you another home that you move into, and we make your current one into a rental property. Then they do it again. So tell them to save again for another four years. So in 10 years or in eight years, you know they're going to have three properties. So it's just teaching because like, people think real estate investor. Oh, I'm not an investor. Everybody's a real estate investor.
0: Everybody has the ability. All right. So in theory, this sounds wonderful. I love it. But right now we're in a recession. People are, you know, a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck and they're still trying to buy their first house. Interest rates are higher. Inventory is still low. Still, I mean, what about for the people who can only afford, you know, maybe $100 a month or can't even afford that? Like, are you still able to turn a client into more than one deal if they can't start with this first step.
1: I think we. I mean, there's different ways to structure it. You know, if you bought a house three, four years ago, you probably have some really good equity right now. So maybe instead of turning that past property into a rental, you decide, let me sell this, and now I have a down payment for two properties. So there's different ways to structure the deal, and I think the most important thing is getting sitting down with them and understanding where they're at. If they can only save $100 a month, that's fine. Maybe you have a, you buy a house every eight year plan, six year plan, you know, or like I said, you sell the home you have, or maybe you can get a second mortgage on it because you have enough equity. The thing you need to remember about rent, rent is a hundred percent interest rate. So interest rates under six is really, really good for us. And I think people are forgetting that because we had that two and three for a few years. And I don't think we're ever going to see that ever again. I mean, bonds can't be sold that cheap for 30 years.
0: Right. When you think about the um, the 90s when it was like 12%, and I mean, that was just, it just blows my mind, you know, just to think that oh my, I had paid that at some point.
1: I was borrowing money from 2009 to 2014 for 18% hard money on buying the trusty sales and flipping homes with it. We made it work. At the end of the day, you just need to look at like, what is the cost? What's the true cost? And does it work? And in that case, it worked at 18%. Obviously, we are only holding them for a few months,
0: but it worked. Yeah. So how do you identify the clients? Because I would assume, like we talked about, one drawback is if a client doesn't have the money to save, right? So if you meet that client that is not ready to save yet, is there still another way to go about it? I mean, the best thing to do is buy a house.
1: Help them buy a home, you know? Maybe with teachers, a lot of times there's like grant programs for them where they get maybe a down payment contributed to them. So at the end of the day, there's always going to be products out there. And as a real estate expert, it's your job to find them and kind of place them with the right person. If someone buys a house and never buys any other properties and just pays it off quicker than 30 years, that's also success. So... What you want to do is you want to sit down with your client and you want to decide what makes sense for them. Not what you think makes sense for them, but like truly what goals they want. What is their goal? Like if they had two rental properties in 12 years and made an extra thousand dollars a month, passive income on it, that would make them happy. Then make that happen. Right. Everybody has different goals.
0: Yeah. So how do you go into this? Like what What is your best case scenario for your client that you're trying to work with and, you know, get them to buy into this idea? (laughs) I mean, best
1: case scenario is, you know, they buy one, two years later, they buy another one, their friends find out about it and they want to work with the Rosen team. So I learned when working with investors is that you end up getting a lot of referrals if you make them money. (laughs) So if you're teaching them to build this rental portfolio, like we have a group of engineers. They get big bonuses in December. So they buy one rental property each in December. But this has been 11 years. So now they have 11 properties each. But now they started telling their other coworkers and their coworkers. So it's like you're teaching people to think different. When I'm out with them showing a home, the best thing to do is to start talking about the future, just planting those seeds. You know, hey, in a couple of years, you made this a rental property, or maybe we acquire you a different property. Maybe you want to buy an Airbnb in somewhere that you travel often. Right. Maybe it's somewhere you go two, three year, two to three weeks a year, maybe somewhere in Florida. So you say, let me go buy an Airbnb in Florida. That makes sense. There are just so many different ways to structure it. The best thing to do is sit down with a client and just have that meeting with them. But you got to know what they want. You know, if they don't want stress in their life and they're like happy where they are and they don't really need the extra money, there's no reason for them to own rental properties. Um, short-term rental properties, they're a lot more work. There's so much work. It's more like a business. So with a long-term rental, you stick a tenant in there and they're usually in there for 12 months or more. Short-term, you can have any you know two days to 100 days. But you're running a business. You're having to stock the house. You're having to buy the furniture. You have to make the appointments. You got to run the Airbnb and the VRBO apps. And so it's really a business. So I really take that into account with people. Like when they tell, oh, I want to own an Airbnb. Okay, well, do you have an extra 10 hours a month to manage this thing? Because it's going to take a lot of work. Where with a long term hold, you're really collecting a, you know, you might hear from the tenants once every now and then to fix something, but it's really a more, it's much easier. So when I'm meeting with an investor, I'm trying to also understand their threshold for like pain, surprises, you know, things go wrong all the time in real estate, things break, you know, if they're going to freak out anytime something breaks, and they're probably not going to be a great landlord. And they're probably, I probably, There are people that I do believe should not own like investment
0: properties. Hmm. So tell me what that conversation sounds like. How do you communicate that to um, someone who wants to do it, but you're like, no, I can't see them. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to discourage them, but I'm going to give them the truth about
1: like, you know, it's not the easiest with the long-term holds. I personally use property managers. It makes my life a lot easier. The short-term rentals are just higher stress. So that's not going to be a great scenario for just anybody. The long-term rentals are great. You plug somebody, you put a good tenant in there and you hopefully don't have to think about it.
0: So what kind of support do you need? I mean, you have a team and you've been at this game for a minute, <laughs> to say the least. For a solo agent, for somebody just getting started out, um, you know, what kind of support should they have in mind? I mean,
1: I think the best thing for anyone to do is Google Real Estate Landlord Act in your town or state. It's never it's like a 20-page booklet, usually, but really understanding the laws of the market that you're in. And then if you have one or two rentals, usually you can manage those of yourselves. You can find the leases and everything online or my, you know, or get them from your realtor. Yeah, just kind of knowing a lot. But once you get to a point where you have too many, you do need to bring in a property manager, I believe. Like I use a property manager, even though I'm qualified,
0: I just don't have time. So what other things should you look out for when you're looking to do this?
1: So that's one strategy, right? To get a lot, to get a lot of business. The other strategy is listings. So if you have a listing, you really should be getting three to five really solid leads from that listing if done right. So you have your sign calls, you have your open houses, and you have your online image, right? A lot of times you can get people call you through Zillow or Realtor.com or because they see the property. So I think it's just like understanding, like every time you get a lead or work somebody, they know a lot of people. How do you get them to send you that business? And you have to remember we're in sales. So we always think, oh, people are going to refer me. It's not the normal, you know, teachers and nurses, they don't work in a like, oh, if I refer them money, it helps their career way. Like they make salaries, Right. And so that's just something to keep in mind. So it is, I tell my agents, you have to tell someone five times to send you a referral. And you want to do it throughout the transaction. The first or second time you're out with the home with them, hey, if you know anyone looking to buy or sell, I would love the opportunity. And you just keep planting that seed and then directly asking for it when you get closer to the end. Hey, I'd love this review. It really helps my career. And if you know anyone buying or selling, you have to constantly keep reminding people Um, With an open house, you should 100% be knocking the neighborhood and inviting them to your open house. Those are opportunities for leads. Do they know anyone buying or selling? Hey, I have this open house coming up. We're probably gonna have a ton of people on it, probably more buyers for it than we have property. So if anyone was looking in this neighborhood, can I keep your house in mind? Oh, you would for the right price you would sell, you know, so you're starting to like understand how to get business from everywhere.
0: You know, I have to say that is the worst feeling ever. I just, that recently just happened to me not too long ago. You know, someone who's very close to me bought outside of this, the state where I am in. And I was like, what? (laughs) How many times have I told you to refer me? But I guess I didn't tell them five times, (laughs) you know? And that's just like money just out the door, out the door. That's the most frustrating thing ever. And
1: earlier in your career, you're going to have friends and family like, like not use you. I got to tell you, just keep doing what you're doing and don't burn that relationship. Because in five, six years, once you have that experience and they're seeing that you're doing well, because your social media and your online presence is strong, they're going to come back to you. I think a lot of times agents get really offended. Oh, they didn't use me. I'm never talking to them again.
0: They're probably going to use you because they didn't have a good experience. (laughs) Hi, this is Lisa Johnson-Smith. In today's market, there's one thing that nearly every real estate agent can agree on. Well-informed buyers make purchase decisions faster and that creates more competition around your listings. HomeLight's revolutionary listing management software can help make this happen for you. Market your listings and manage all of your incoming offers in one location. You and your sellers are kept in the loop at every step and everyone will love the simple, consistent and secure experience. HomeLight listing management is free. Get started today at Disclosures.io. Now let's get back to the conversation. Okay, what other other learning curves, I mean, is there? You said, you know, check the laws in your area. What else can agents do to learn more about how exactly to do this?
1: They need to own their own real estate. If you're a realtor and you own one rental property plus your home, you're an expert and you need to tell everybody. Anytime you're out with a client, talk about your rental property. It's like instant credibility. I think the best way, like with me, I started doing it for myself. So then once, then I was able to do it for my clients. Then I realized I need to learn some tax strategies. I'm paying the IRS a little too much money. Then I really invested my time in learning into that for a long time. So now when I go meet a client, like I'm very educated in taxes and legal strategies and investment properties. I'm not going to tell them, don't consult your CPA. I'm definitely going to tell them, oh, but consult your, C- I think it's like this, but consult your CPA. So if you become an expert in your field and like a true expert, like, you know, finance is legal. You understand loans. You understand all of it. You're going to do well in this business because you're not going to just be a door opener for someone. You want to be a real estate advisor.
0: right? That's going to make people keep coming back to you. What else, Lauren? Is there any other, are there any other strategies? A great one is to throw open housewarming parties. So if your client just closed, be like, hey,
1: I want to help you schedule the best housewarming party and probably push it out two months, let them settle. And then you help them kind of throw that party and you're there. You don't have to have a realtor badge on. They're going to introduce you to everybody. This is my realtor. So it's like a great way to be in front of people. That is a great idea. Yeah. And it's not expensive. Like they're usually going to pay for most of it. You just kind of like pick the day and kind of get things going and and now you just got to meet their 30, 40 friends and show them the great house you just sold them.
0: So what percentage of people have you gotten as clients from like some some an event like that? Oh, yeah. My sister does them all the time. She probably picks up two, three clients in an event. What other things do you do on a daily basis that you can attribute to repeat clientele?
1: I, I mean, I'm really big on birthdays. So I think if it's a client's birthday, send a little personal video, you know, 30 second video, happy birthday. Hope you have the best day ever and send it to them. You're standing out. If they have a certain kind of dog and you're walking down the street and you see the same kind of dog and you close them seven months ago, snap a picture. Oh my God, this dog looks like your dog. Like you become their friend and you're genuine about it too. So the CRMs, obviously, you have to live by your CRM. Like every morning your CRM should be telling you whose birthday it is. And then you make your little video or you send your message. But it's just that constantly giving in front of them. And, you know, a lot of times you, oh, I talked to them for six months, I'm done. It's like, yeah, but most people don't move every year or two. Arizona very high. People move here every two, three years, you know, but there's places like New York City, people don't move
0: for 20 years. I mean, how often are you keeping in touch with your past clients?
1: Oh, we try to touch them um, monthly emails. We definitely do birthday cards. We do house adversaries. So like on their one year anniversary for their house. So we just, we try to do client appreciation events. So as much as possible, you know, if you're newer in your career and you're just living in your seat, my problem is I'm 20 years in the business. didn't we didn't have CRMs back then. <laughs> we had two piles of paper, right? I had my nighttime pile, my di- daytime file, who do I call? But now you got, there's just so many tools out there and CRMs. And if agents just live in those things, they're really going to be successful.
0: What do you do that's
1: different, would you say, from the average agent for your client? So I do flip a lot of properties. I own a lot of rentals. So. I have a lot of contractors and good crews. So what makes us different than realtors in our area is that we will go in on a listing and get the house ready. So we usually will paint it, maybe a more modern white. A lot of the houses are yellow. Um, We stage them. We make repairs, like whatever the house needs. And so we really get them like showroom ready. And by doing that, they're getting top dollar and they're selling quicker. And then they're telling their neighbor and then the neighbor's calling me. So it's almost like I I made a relationship. Like the seller still pays all the contractors but i made strong enough relationships that they show up when i call them with in a heart in time where it's hard to get contractors so i'm able to get houses ready quicker and i do a really good job
0: give me a, a real life example of worst <laughs> your worst experience with one of your clients that maybe you know you kind of turned around or you didn't expect it to turn um in your favor
1: i would say the big okay so a big difference in my career Earlier on in my life, I let sellers push me around, you know, $3 million listing. They don't even have a bed frame on their master suite. So now I've gotten to a point where like, if you're a luxury home and you don't have luxury furniture and your house doesn't show well or smell well, smell well, I actually make you move out. And sellers are like, wait, what? Why would I move out of my house? I'm like, I can't sell it with you in here. Would you like more money? And so a recent example was everybody told these people to list it for 1.7. I went in there, I go, where are you guys moving to? What do you mean? I said, you got to get out. I can't sell this house. And um, they moved out. We did an inspection report. It was three inches high. Got the house ready. We painted it. We staged it, which is crucial in luxury. I mean, most real estate. And we were able to sell it for 2.3 million. So they made an extra $450,000. Wow. I didn't let them boss me around. (laughs)
0: Wow. is, Is the conversation that simple though? You know, like you said higher end luxury sellers tend to, you know, have their minds made up. Like what does that conversation sound like?
1: You have to learn to walk away from deals. You have to learn to walk
0: this. I'm not going
1: to be able, if you take a luxury listing, that's not going to sell. And you know, it's not going to sell. And then for 10 months, you're being tortured. Every time the seller calls you, you don't want to answer it. Just don't take it because think about time is money. So if you can save your time, So maybe you don't get that luxury listing, but you got three, $500,000 deals. Those are more profitable because they're actually going to close. So it's like learning how to control the clients and turning down ones that don't make sense. Real estate's a stressful time in people's lives. It's a very large financial purchase or sale. So just keeping that in mind. But yeah, just the more confident you get with these sellers. And the thing is, the more and more you do it, the more and more examples you have, the more and more they start listening to you.
0: What has it been like for you in 2023? with this shifting market?
1: 23 is starting off great for us. Um, We are in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's very sunny. So we have a ton of people moving here and love it here. So I saw the shift happening middle of last year. um, And I really just kept telling my agents, like, don't take your foot off the gas. Do not take your foot off the gas for the holidays. All those people around you are, and you're going to beat them. So like we've just been grinding on like work the leads work you gotta get you gotta pick up the phone this text messaging and email is not working pick up the phone, and so we've just been on them like you guys you're gonna do really well if you just keep working hard like we're like adamant about them being on their CRMs at, from eight to 9, 15. they should be making calls and like follow up in their CRMs, so we're 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 having a really we're coming into this year very strong very structured, um, a lot more realtors are applying to be on the team which is great. So a lot of those agents that came in the business the last three years are struggling now because it's not so easy and they were never taught the basics. So I'm just huge on training. Um, we have a training program on our team. We onboard once a month. it's about about three, the three-week course. And we're just trying to give them all the tools to make them successful. But at the end of the day, it's their choice whether they want to be successful or not. And I can't want it more for them than they want it, even though... <laughs> So yeah, I have really high hopes for this year. I think the really strong agents that are willing to put in the work are going to do great. You know, if you're just doing social media and waking up at 11 and it's going to be rough.
0: Have you had to adjust your 2023 plan at all? 22 did not go as planned. (laughs) I
1: think for everybody. Um, But 23, we set realistic goals. Yes. I mean, 2021, I think is going to be everyone's best year. Like, per agent productivity is going to be 2021 is a really strong year. So just setting realistic goals for ourselves, not trying to be like a lot of people are like, Oh, 21, I did this. I'm going to double that in 22. And it's, it's like, how about a five or 10% growth, you know, just setting realistic goals. So we reset our goals
0: for 23 and I'm feeling very confident with them. And I think they're realistic. How do you help the agents that are, you know, finding 2023 challenging? I mean, you said training is one thing.
1: So a lot of role-playing, practice,
0: practice, practice, practice. So
1: if you're having trouble talking to buyers how to overcome these interest rates, let's get on these, we have a bunch of role-playings that we run.
0: Can you give me an example of that? Our listeners love to hear the scripts, the the role-playing. So say I'm one of your agents and um, let's let's do a little role-play. Okay. So interest rates are too high. I'm not buying. I'm waiting for the market to crash.
1: Well, did you know that sellers could actually contribute towards your closing costs and buy down your interest rates? We also have very, very low inventory. So although it feels like a buyer's market because rates went up, it's still a seller's market as far as inventory. And right now is the time for you to get in and get whatever you want from those listing agents and those sellers. Because when spring comes around, I think there's going to be competition again because there's no inventory. And we're already seeing that yesterday. We had seven houses on a listing of ours that's been on the market for 90 days. Makes no sense. So you're starting to see the turn. Like the last few months was a great time for buyers to get in. They get get the sellers to buy down their interest rate, pay all their closing costs, fix stuff. So it's just learning how to like change the conversation when you need it. Right? Eight months ago, we were like, "Sorry, you don't get an inspection."
0: At the end of the day, we're glorified problem solvers. that's about it. Takeaways are coming up next, but I hope you're able to take some of Lauren's principles and turn your clients into multiple deals. Lauren said to please reach out if you'd like more information. She is always willing to help anyone. So if you'd like to connect with her, you can follow her on all social media at Lauren Rosen. But of course, I'll share links in the show notes. Now let's do our takeaways segment. Here's what stood out to me from episode 111, how to turn every client into five deals. Takeaway number one, always begin with a financial review with your client to see how much they can actually afford to save monthly. Then, Teach them how to think differently by looking at this purchase as a two-year residence while saving money to buy another property and later renting the first one out. Lauren says it's about taking note of what their life looks like. Are they a person who travels often to one particular place where it would make sense for them to purchase an investment property? The idea is to guide them through each step of buying and selling properties for the next 10 years or so. Takeaway number two. There's no one formula to do this. You can tailor the plan that you help your clients create according to the amount of money they can afford to save monthly and spread it out to buy every six or even eight years, whatever makes sense for the client. Takeaway number three. Understand their personality. Do they prefer a short term rental or a long term rental? Keep in mind, short term rentals aren't cut out for everyone, they are a lot more work. Takeaway number four, Lauren says you should be getting three to five solid leads from every listing you take if it's done correctly. And that goes for getting calls from your signs, open houses, and online marketing of that property. Lauren likes to also throw housewarming parties for all of her clients. That way they'll automatically introduce you to their friends and family at the housewarming. And takeaway number five, always be willing to walk away from a deal even if it's a $3 million listing. Lauren says she'd take three $500,000 listings over a difficult and unrealistic seller of a $3 million listing any day. And those are your takeaways for this week. If you have any questions or feedback, please send an email to walkthrough at homelight.com. Also, you can find me in our Facebook mastermind group. Just search Homelight Walkthrough. Oh, and one last thing. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and hit that follow button so you can get all of our future shows automatically. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks to Lauren Rosen for joining me, and thank you for listening. My name's Lisa Johnson Smith, and you've been listening to The Walkthrough. At HomeLight, we believe in real estate agents. We're here to explore how great agents grow their business, stand out from the crowd and become irreplaceable. Now go out there and make some moves. I'll talk to you again next week.